Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 138 I give thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Numbers chapter 20, verses 22 through 29. They set out from Kadesh, and the Israelites, the whole congregation, came to Mount Hor. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor, on the border of the land of Edom, Let Aaron be gathered to his people, for he shall not enter the land that I have given to the Israelites, because you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and his son Eleazar and bring them up Mount Hor. Strip Aaron of his vestments, and put them on his son Eleazar. But Aaron shall be gathered to his people, and shall die there. Moses did as the Lord commanded. They went up to Mount Hor in the sight of the whole congregation. Moses stripped Aaron of his vestments, and put them on his son Eleazar. And Aaron died there on the top of the mountain. Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. When all the congregation saw that Aaron had died, all the house of Israel mourned for Aaron thirty days. Acts chapter 9, verses 19 through 25. After taking some food, Paul regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked his name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them down, bringing them bound before the chief priests? Saul came increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. After some time had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates by day and night so that they might kill him. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Thursday after Epiphany, this is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 138, Numbers 20, and Acts 9. And I couldn't help but notice that the um, the reading from the psalm, the last, uh, second to last verse, reminded me of Psalm 23, um, though I walk in the midst of trouble, 
instead of the valley of shadow of death. You preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. Uh, you stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. That first line, first clause, I suppose, um, just really, I, I thought I was reading Psalm 23, um, which is this really um, popular psalm among soldiers and veterans. Um, many of them have it memorized by heart. It's a short psalm. And um, it's uh, sometimes, you know, kept in their pockets or in their Kevlars or helmets or whatever. Um, and it's, uh, um, it can be a message of hope, but it's this, it's this, like, dark hope. And not bad, but like brooding, like the, the valley of the shadow of death plays prominently, um, and the, you know, the, the latter part of it, you know, when you are before, when you have a table uh, with your enemies, it's not clear if it's a wrathful, vengeful, look at me, I've got food and you don't, or if it's that you will both eat beside one another because God, you know, looks on the heart, not on political allegiances. Um, and so reading that and leading into Aaron's death, had me kind of in that dark brooding uh, kind of mentality. And when it says, when God says to Moses and, or I guess just to Moses, to strip Aaron of his vestments, it feels at first glance like a demotion. And he's, you know, God says, because you rebelled against me at the waters of Meribah, you you were not able, uh, the, the congregation was not able to, um, you know, wasn't confident in God's power to to overcome them. But I think the waters of Meribah may have been the golden calf when Aaron uh, uses gold to make a golden calf, but I'm, I'd have to look it up. Um, so it does feel like a demotion. It feels like you've done something wrong. Stripping someone of something is different than, you know, taking them away. Um, and it's, it's, this, it's a hard passage to read. Um, what we do with death um, often feels like it feels bad, tragic, unfortunate, evil, wrong. Um, but that isn't necessarily the case. One of the things that, that I don't know, I think about uh, after having been uh, to combat um, is that, you know, if, if we really believe the things we say, then death is not really what we think it is. Um, I remember uh, the night before an operation, Operation Baton Rouge in Samara. It was the only time in 13 months in Iraq that we had like a conventional, um, you know, pre-planned attack. And from what we were told, there were enemies in Samara. They had kind of kicked all the allies out. And Samara was like a test for Fallujah. And so we were all, you know, hyped up, but also like, okay, this is real. Like, you know, we've been in combat for, I don't know, 10 months by then. But um, it was all, you know, kind of hasty, unplanned reaction to IEDs kind of thing. And here we are, we're, the vehicles are all staged. And then they, they push the hit time back two hours. So for two hours... We have dead time, and people are playing cards, people are listening to music, and 
everybody knows, um, and I didn't hear anybody say anything about the fact that w- who knows which of us are going to die. Who knows if any of us are going to lose limbs, right? Because when you have a planned attack, you you have time to think about these things. Um, and it was, I think it was earlier that year, I think it was July when I was in the Joff, I read The Complete Idiot's Guide to the Life of Jesus, and I started thinking like, oh, this is this is not what I thought it was. This isn't, you know, this isn't just the, you know, Bible story for kids thing. And somewhere in there, in that kind of mix of experiences and emotions, um, since then, I, I suppose, I've had this really clear impression like dying is not the end. Dying sucks, but it's not, you know, if if we believe this, this stuff that we talk about, like death isn't, uh, certainly for Christians, I, I can't say for Aaron and the pre-Christian era, but um, like death is not a punishment. It's not, you know, everybody has to under, the best people in the world are going to experience death. Uh, the saints experience death. The martyrs experience death. Um, and so if that's the case, um, it kind of takes the sting out a little from this feeling of demotion, when I get, which I get from Aaron. I was reading from this morning. Um, instead, it makes me think of, you know, on, on Sunday, this past Sunday, we had to um, put our our oldest dog down, uh, Rocky. He's probably 14 years old. Dachshund usually live like 11 years. Anyway, um, we took his collar off. You know, we weren't, we weren't going to bury him in, you know, his collar around his neck and like, I don't know, it just felt weird. So we took all these things off and laid him in there with just a blanket. And you could say that we stripped him of his collar. We stripped him of his vestments. But it could also be uh, or to say, to to say we took them off, may also be a form of care. It may be this sentimental uh, moment when uh, the the burden the, of responsibility is taken off Aaron's shoulders and passed to his son. And his son is one of his two sons. He had four, but two of them fucked up with a tabernacle and were killed. Eleazar and Phineas weren't. Um, Phineas wasn't up there, though. Um, and so it's both liturgical, but also um, mournful. Like, it doesn't have to be um, that it's uh, some kind of demotion or punishment. Even with Moses, you know, the you know unparalleled hero of the faith had a complicated relationship with God and screwed up a lot. And he died. He wasn't able to see the promised land. And I don't think that's a punishment. I think that's a consequence, um, you know, the um, the fact that they don't get the thing that we want them to be able to get, the fact that the story has a, a kind of a sad ending for some, doesn't, I don't think, doesn't um, necessarily mean that everything is kind of tainted black, right? Um, that we get to interpret it's up to us to assign meaning to these things that we do, um, and you know it may it may be a legitimate read that Aaron was like demoted and and cast low because he had you know rebelled at Meribah and that's fine, but 
I'm sure there are also tender moments up there at the mountain um, that uh, were just as meaningful, if not more meaningful, and more reflective of the will and desire of God, that we love one another um, and love God, even if uh, we also still have to endure the consequences of our own actions. A prayer for those we love, from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we entrust all who are dear to us to your never-failing care and love for this life and the life to come, knowing that you are doing for them better things than we can desire or pray for. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.